listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation now on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Petro and Sophia Lemon on the Double Exposure Show. And we're back uh, in the greatest form ever. We're both happy and excited to bring you today's episode about the basics of marketing. Actually, I have no idea why I'm talking like this, <laughs> but I am I am pretty happy. I started my day really early today. So uh, episode 56, uh, show notes are on doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 56. And we'd love for you to join our community on Facebook in our face group uh, called the Double Double Exposure Show Group. And yeah. Which, by the way, we posted episode 55 about um, the tools that we love to work with that make make (laughs) our business lives better. And Corey Gardner responded with an app that he uses. So I talk about Tave all the time. And he commented that for those who aren't necessarily ready for the expense of a tool like Tave, um, mm-hmm. there's another option called PickSpotter. Um, I have never used that before, so I cannot endorse it. But maybe if you're not quite ready to spend the money on something like Tave, um, then you could try something like PickSpotter. Although I will suggest that something like Tave is not so expensive that it's going to it definitely won't break the bank it won't break the bank and also it's so worth it (laughs) trust me like you you would rather start using it from the start than switch tools like mid business oh that would that would just be so inefficient it's such a pain in the butt i've done it a few times um have you ever tried shoot q no i think i I looked at it and i just didn't like the look of it Okay. I always Same did prefer the, the aesthetic, aesthetics of Tave. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, do do a search, and there is um, there's something called Studio Ninja. There's something called Sprout Studio. Mm-hmm. There's some something called Iris Works, Seventeen Hats, Shoot Q, and I think there's something called Light Blue. Yeah. Um, all you have to do is Google Tave versus like Tave VS and it'll oh, give yeah. you a list of things that people are Googling, like talking yeah. about. And that's where I got my list. But shoot Q was kind of the original gangster on the scene uh, for <laughs> this. <laughs> there was the OG. Um, and so a lot of people did shoot Q and it sort of fell off the face of the earth. I mean, <clears throat> at least in this geographical area. And I really do find that, a lot of times it has to do on the geography, uh, like Southwestern Ontario, Northern Ontario. I think a lot of people use Tave and there might be an area in the U S where a lot of people may be using shoot queue. Like I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but we'd love to hear some feedback, what you're using and why you like it. And, you know, maybe you could actually sign up for a 30 day free trial of Tave and see if it's better so that you can actually give us some feedback based on that. Uh, I wish I could say that I'm going to do that over the next month is compare all of them. We're in no position to do that. Neither no. you or I. <laughs> no, and, that's not why we're here either. The pain in the butt about it is that for the 30 day trial, basically what you're doing is you're putting your database in there and then you're getting it set up the way that you want it. So you don't really get to test it out. I know. But, um, so what Corey said about PickSpotter is that maybe that type of service is better for someone who shoots part time, mm. um, and their primary income is not photography, which makes a whole lot of sense. Then maybe you don't want to be spending like extra money on like your side hustle. Right. So that's fine. I think I know a lot of people who actually use Sprout. Um, and I think it's very, very similar to Tave. I had seen it in the past and didn't decide to go with it. And then I went with Tave for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it and I'm not going to sh- switch to Sprout. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people around here actually use Sprout. Which okay. is fine. Use, use whatever system you want. And we'll get <coughs> into this a little bit later, but like 
before you start marketing, um, you need a database. Hmm. Which, how about we talk about this? So, <laughs> um, yesterday, a couple things happened yesterday. Um, I had, I'm, I'm starting this like goal setting um, and accountability project with one of my friends, Kevin. And basically, what we're doing is we're setting goals. And then we are writing down what we're doing every day to reach those goals. And then we are checking in with each other to make sure that we are doing what we need to be doing every day to reach those goals. Um, so yesterday we just, we sat down and we mapped out what our goals were. A lot of them were business related. And for him, um, he, for his goals, uh, one of the important things I was telling him was you need to have a database. You need to have a database of your customers, of your leads, of your former customers. This is really important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not an email list necessarily, but this is a database of all of your Database can contain an email list that you could use later. For sure. For, for purposes sure. of marketing, right? Yeah, and they'll, but... they'll cross over definitely, but um, yeah, database should have the person's name, um, email address, phone number, mailing address, and then notes. So every time you talk to them, create a note, um, attach emails to their file and tag them with different things. So, mm -hmm. um, like <laughs> client, um, Christmas client, prospect, lead, whatever, but get really specific with your tags so that, you know, when you're in a slow season or whatever, you can like look up people like around Valentine's, like people who have a significant other, you can look up people who might be looking for a photographer for Valentine's day. I don't know. <clears throat> so what I would recommend, um, to utilizing your database is <clears throat> if you do shoot weddings, uh, put people's, uh, anniversary in there. And mm -hmm. you know what, so you can automate this task, but send them a note on their anniversary. Or mm -hmm. if you want to go a little bit further in marketing, uh, post a photogram on Instagram or Facebook yes. on their anniversary day and say, happy anniversary to this couple. Yes. Um, they're likely to share that and kind of talk about you inadvertently, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was that. Yeah. So we went over this whole goals thing and then we're, we're setting up like, um, planners. So every day, first thing in the morning, well, after I go to the gym, because there's no way that I'm dragging myself out of bed and then writing down my goals for the day, but we're going to write down our intentions for the day. So what mm -hmm. we are going to accomplish. And the whole point is to be very intentional about what we're doing, set one goal. So I'm setting one business goal. And then under that, I have micro goals. So all the things that I need to do in order to achieve that primary goal and then every day writing down what I'm going to do to achieve the micro goal, to achieve the primary goal. Yeah. Hmm. I'm super excited about it. And I'm like printing off these like planners and we're going to get um, a books bound so that we have like a format to write down what we're doing mm -hmm. every day. And then, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And also, so we did this from the clever office in Collingwood, which is where I work sometimes. And we're sitting there and there's this guy talking on his phone to someone. I, thought, I swear he said something about bags and he's talking about marketing. He's talking about photos. And and then someone walks into the office and she's like, oh, it's the purse guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? What is this? So at some point I said to Kevin, I'm like, I want to know what that guy does. But I am too shy to introduce myself. So Kevin gets up and he goes over. He's like, hi, I'm Kevin. Like introduces himself. He's like, what is this about you being the purse guy? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy um cody ohm i think is his name mm -hmm. i i hope i am pronouncing that correctly um he owns eve cork so they create they build cork bags they feel like leather they look gorgeous um and he's gotten a reputation for being the purse guy mm -hmm. <laughs> Because he sells bags. They're, oh my God, they're, vegan. they're gorgeous. They're, they're perfect for people yeah. who want the alternative to exactly. Matt and Matt. Yeah. Yep. They are not inexpensive, but anyone who was a part of the bag conversation in our Facebook group, you're probably going to want to go look at these bags. I literally just sent him a message saying, I looked at your bags and I want them. But I'm like, <laughs> I already... I already have a bag problem, so I need to get rid of some bags before I buy a new bag. But holy moly, they are really nice looking bags. I love his website, actually. I'm on it right now. It's re it's really gorgeous, isn't it? And, <laughs> and there you go. There's a Canadian company. Now, they import the bags from somewhere. So they 
where they harvest the cork. Mm-hmm. They make the bags. They import them from there. Can you see on the website where they import them I, from? Well, no, I don't. Well, I'll put a link on the show notes for the bags. And yeah, anyone who... And maybe I'll throw it into the group too. I'm pretty sure they don't do camera bags. But oh my god, they're gorgeous. And also, I'm sure there's some sort of like padding option where you can like create your own camera bag out of a... Yeah, you can actually buy aftermarket inserts. I don't use camera bags at all when I travel. I use duffel bags or backpacks. Um, And half the time I don't even protect my stuff. Uh, But um, it's because I'm in love with like old vintage camera bags from like 40 years ago. Yeah, for sure. But this is is really cool. Like, hey. They're so nice, aren't they? They really are. Like I'm looking at these backpacks and I'm like, damn, these are are really neat. And like, they're actually not a bad price. No, no, not like one fifty to like three hundred, basically, which is not mm-hmm. outrageous. No, they are they are in bag. U.S. dollars and free shipping too, so you can't complain about it. You can you can switch it to Canadian. Yeah. Oh, I see if it. You look Your Skype window. window's in the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so your face in the way. way. But speaking of speaking of vintage, another funny thing that you're gonna like, Petro. So I have that scale that you sent mm-hmm. me, which. Like, I had to adjust a little bit, and I seriously took it out of the box. I was expecting this teeny tiny little scale, um, like a digital one. I took it out of the box, and I'm like, oh, my God! (laughs) I love it! So I put it... I'll turn my computer. Can you see it it over there? (laughs) I put it on top of my saxophone case, and it is great decoration and very practical, and I have now used it twice for shipping packages but the cleaning lady came into my office yesterday she's like oh that's really cool it's a vintage scale I'm like yeah i may or may not be using it the funny thing about it is it's not really vintage yeah like i get it but it's, it's, but it's it is vintage i know uh, it's so cool well, I'm happy to have shared it. I bought it at an auction uh, about seven or eight years ago, maybe even closer to 10 years ago now. And I bought yeah. it with, because back then I started to ship things here and there, and I was using a food scale that only, yeah. it'll only allowed me to weigh up to 10 pounds um, or 9.99 pounds. So half the time, what I had to do if I had a big shipment is I had to weigh the contents separately and add it up and then weigh the box and the packaging material. Oh no. Whatever. It took 10 (laughs) seconds extra, but, but yeah, it, it was annoying. Right. (laughs) So I bought that one at an auction. It was a good price. I want to say it was $40 or something, which that, that scale usually goes for about a hundred, 150. And, um, I've been using it for a couple of years. Uh, well I've had it for a long time, but uh, I had a brief hiatus between uh, shipping a lot of product until we picked up our <laughs> printing business again. And um, I have a, the, the Purolators and lately UPS as well stop by here every day. I'm waiting for the day that they bump into each other. <laughs> oh, <no>. And I mean, <laughs> I, do you think they have like uh, turf wars? Like little, <laughs> I <yeah>. hope so. <laughs> I want them to. They're probably like, how much are you getting paid? I don't know. How much are you getting paid? <laughs> um, yeah, I hope they do because it'd be it'd be super cool if they did. Um, but yeah, our logistics game is on point. Um, I mean, it's it's really good. And I mean, I, I've been sharing some secrets with you, I guess, just to get you a little bit more organized and um, shipping stuff to yeah. clients. And I mean... I ship so, stuff to the city. I, I, I don't even drive things there yeah. anymore. It, it's 20 to 30 minutes away half the time. I, I just ship it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, most of the time around here, like within an hour's drive, basically, I will hand deliver things because at some point during the week, I'm going to be driving past right. there. <laughs> so, but... I'm shipping a couple things. So I'm shipping some canvases to Orangeville mm-hmm. and then I'm shipping a client gift to London actually. <laughs> and <laughs> That's awesome. I know. So um, I, I did just use Freightcom, which we also mentioned in, in the last episode um, to print some shipping mm-hmm. labels. And I, I like it. <laughs> it was really easy. I just hope that I said it I think up you right. Did. 
like yeah, with I the pickup, you. with the pickup thing. So um, we'll find out either mm-hmm. way. But it was like significantly less expensive than going to the mm-hmm. post office and so much less time. And I did it in my pajamas. And I figured out how to print two shipping labels on one sheet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the only okay. thing you need. That's all you I got. Need, you now, when, if you can, when, uh, I think you, you ended up using Canpar. When they come to your door, yes. ask him if he has any uh, of those clear envelopes that stick to the boxes. Because that way you won't have to tape the label. You just literally stick it to the box, put the, yeah. put the label in. They're called label opes. So, mm. and well, I wonder where I can get if you, Well, you could order them from Canpar. And they usually send them for free. Yeah. Um, uh, you might have to open a can. I'm honestly, oh, yeah, I'm okay with taping it to the box. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks more professional. It yeah. does. Um, and mine are on stickers. So I just print on a sticker and I peel it off, put it on the box, as, as you've seen. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I would do the sticker, but I didn't. I don't have any. <laughs> it gets printing, expensive so. because you're, you know, but you have to, you have buy, to buy the, the stickers. Paper, yeah. Yes. But well, okay, you go. You talk. What's up with you? <laughs> um, I met with, uh, with another photographer today for breakfast. Uh, somebody I haven't uh, talked to in a really long time. Um, and the funny thing is we live down the road from each other and he runs, uh, a really cool facility where he rents it out for people to have weddings. Um, and part of his renovated house is actually where the brides can, the bride and the bridesmaids and even the groomsmen can get ready, uh, for the wedding because I mean, we're kind mm-hmm. of remote. Um, and it's fantastic. I, I think, I think it's about 40 acre property. We took a drive through it. It's it's amazing. Like it really, truly is. And I mean, I had a really good conversation with him. We spent uh, about an hour just having breakfast and chatting. And then uh, I took a drive through the property uh, on the way home and it was just incredible. Um, so there's a couple of other things that we'll mention at the end of the episode about it, but uh, there's a couple of things that I'll mention during the episode about marketing and about how I approach certain things. Um but uh, I just had a really positive day so far. I mean, it's a, it's 11 o'clock uh, and my day started before eight when I did a quick photo shoot. I just had to photograph an exterior of a building and like I said, grabbed a breakfast and really positive start to the weekend, if you will. Um, Except for your car. Yeah, somehow I left the key in the ignition and it drained the battery, which was kind of <laughs> odd. Well, then here's the kicker. It said that my ignition was on. It, I, there was actually a warning sign that said, stop, ignition on. And I, I have a Volvo and you put the key inside the dashboard and you push it in. And then to get it out, you have to push the key and it pops out. So, and it's not even a key. It's the, it's the remote. Well, because the battery died, I couldn't get the remote out to, to even restart uh, the car. That's what took the longest. So I, I had to hook it up to another yeah. battery. It had to charge for a little bit. Um, I had to put the car in neutral park. Like I just kept mashing buttons, I got the key out, car was able to reset itself. I got the key back in, hit start, stop. Cause it's a push button start, but there's that safety feature where you got to put the key in. And a lot of people are frustrated with that. They're like, in my car, I just get in the car and push start, stop. But Volvo being a safety leader and an innovator, they're thinking, well, your key could be in the car and your child could just push start, stop and start your car this way it's an extra step extra safety precaution so kudos volvo thank you for keeping us safe um but um yeah the long and short of it was it was kind of annoying because i'm like give me my key so i can restart the car (laughs) (laughs) so we we got delayed by about half an hour i mean i didn't get back till 10 30 and i wanted to be here at 10 so um yeah it is what it is and then my my computer wasn't working and yeah but the good news is we are back on schedule and we are publishing on wednesdays again <laughs> we're keeping life stevie is cake getting happy. back to normal stevie cake is yeah. much more happy now <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a message saying that we redeemed ourselves yeah he told me about <laughs> it. that i think that makes oh, his day yeah. when when we when we're on time um because because he's a he's a creature of routine so 
uh, when he's when he's on it, he's on yeah. it. But uh, we photographed our last wedding of the season last Saturday, and uh, it started to Me rain. Me too. I know. Virtual high five. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're not Go too on. far away geographically, so we were probably in the same rain. Um, so the wedding was, uh, I think we started at one o'clock. Uh, it was a Catholic ceremony, so it was over at two, two thirty, whatever. And by the time we did this receiving line business, whatever, by the time we made it to uh. the property where we were photographing, and this was in Stratford, by the way, Stratford, Ontario is a gorgeous city. If you've never been, go yes. there one day. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a one to two day trip kind of thing. If you can make it there during mm-hmm. something that's going on do that um but hannah and i sometimes take our little bean for just a walk around stratford like it's an hour away for us so we we will get in the car we'll drive for an hour and then we'll walk for two hours and then we'll drive back an hour so we make a day out of it (laughs) but it was great because walking around the city we were able to familiarize ourselves with a lot of the places we could photograph so we went and we did some photography bumped into other photographers it was great but it started to rain and these other photographers and the bride and groom just ran away. And mm-hmm. our bride and groom just started to pack. Also, they're like, okay, well, let's go to the, to the hall, I guess. And I'm really happy that Hannah kind of just takes the lead sometimes. She's like, no, 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 no. We're staying. <laughs> We're going to yeah. take some pictures here in the rain. <laughs> so she got the flash out and we took some photos with... Uh, backlighting them so that it actually froze the the water droplets which is pretty cool and the reason we did that is because we wanted the bride and groom to have kick-ass photos and we actually took a negative situation and turned it into a better situation so i shared those photos with some people i was just like yeah man because they're like oh it sucks to be you it's raining and i took a picture of the back of my camera and i sent it to them and said nah this is amazing like i love shooting in the rain and the whole time I did that, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm so sick and tired of posting things lately. Like, I just, I'm just going to wait until this wedding's done. Maybe I'll share it. Maybe I won't. And when I met with, uh, with Lee uh, this morning, I told him about it. I was like, you know, it's funny because in the past I would just hop on and I would just share this image. But today I didn't, or this last week, I didn't want to. I was like, you know, I was satisfied with it. I didn't feel like I needed to talk about it. I didn't. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to market it. And I mean, that's the that's the point that I'm at, where sometimes I'm trying to step back the marketing. Um, and he said, uh, well, why don't you tell it as a story of, of an actual story? What happened where the bride and groom wanted to pack it up and, um, you know, you didn't. You actually did this for them and now they have a beautiful photo and ra- and and." What could have been the end of a perfect wedding day for them, uh, where they would have been telling a story like, yeah, you know what, it rained on our wedding day and that's it. Now they can tell a story of it rained on our wedding day and we got a killer photo out of it, or we got a whole set of photographs out of it. And I thought, I never looked at it that way. I never, you know, I don't have to promote myself and be like, look how good I am. I can take a picture in the rain. I can literally tell a story, a feel-good story, and say, this is how I've turned around the day for this couple. And, I mean, the way he he was able to put it made a lot more sense than what I'm saying now, I'm sure. But uh, you know where I'm coming from, don't you? Okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, but uh, let's get back on topic. Marketing. Well, okay. I'm making a note because you made a very good point there that I would like okay. to talk about. Um, and then we'll jump in. So just a moment uh, of silence. Okay. Well, Sophia uses a primitive method of writing things out instead of just rewinding and listening <laughs> to what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I will not listen to the entire episode until it has been published. True. <laughs> Which I just listened to our episode 55 this morning. By the I am on good. 54 right now. <laughs> I'm behind. Oh my God. Get your shit together, man. 
<clears throat> All right. Okay. Marketing basics. This is going to be very, very basic. And we have gone over this stuff in a previous episode. I cannot remember which number, but I think it's important to go over it again. We might get a little bit more in depth, but we're not going to go over like step by steps. Um, we're basically going, this is going to be the, the why part. And then in the future, we'll go over several yes. how to parts. Um, so basically your marketing should always point back to you. I said this in the last episode and I want to go over it again. Um, your marketing should point back to you and it should not point away from you. So, um, your Facebook should be pulling people to your website. Your website should be pulling people to contact you. Your Twitter should be pulling people to your website. Your Instagram should be pulling people to your website or should be encouraging people to message you directly on those platforms. Um, there is this idea out there that you should be sharing other people's content. That's kind of silly. I don't know why you would be sharing other people's content on your business platform. Um, you don't want to be sending people to other businesses. You want to be sending them to your business. So um, forget that whole like, oh, I need to be sharing other people's content. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Just worry about, about yourself. <laughs> um, worry about yourself. Okay. And the next thing is brand recognition. Um, it's not so much about brand recognition anymore as it is about relationships and building relationships. So social media ha has made it so easy for people to reach out directly to brands or brands to reach out directly to people. So brand recognition is not such a big thing anymore. You're not going to be bringing in a whole bunch of clients just by driving around your community with graphics on your car. Um, yes, they're going to recognize your brand, but if that's all you're doing to connect with potential clients, they have already connected with a photographer mm -hmm. on Facebook. They're already having a conversation with a mm -hmm. photographer on Facebook. Um, and that conversation could be as simple as seeing their photos and liking them, commenting on them, and actually engaging with other photographers. So that's building a relationship. Just throwing your logo in people's faces is not. And I can a attest to that because we had a branded yeah. vehicle uh, that was on permanent yeah. display downtown London, um, where there was a lot of traffic. Uh, anytime we went to any events, anywhere, me driving home, going around, I've I've only once had in the in the forty years had somebody come up to me and say, "Are you a photographer?" You know, based on your vehicle, and I was kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, you no. know what? good question. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not the photographer whose vehicle this is. So, good question. And they're like, maybe I'm stealing <laughs> it. We were shooting a wedding at Springbank Park in London, and somebody came up to us and said, "We're scoping out the location because we're getting married in about four months. We don't have a photographer. We never okay. even started looking, but because you're working here and because we see it here, they're like, we want to talk to you. And they're like, to tell you the truth, we kind of want to hire you." Because they saw us working yeah. and they liked it and yeah. we're like done. But that was the only time where somebody actually said, came up to us because of the vehicle. Uh, like we didn't have a phone number on there. We we had a website somewhere hidden, but yeah. I mean, once people get home, they forget unless they take a picture, they forget mm -hmm. who you were or what the yeah. brand was. So it doesn't yeah. work. You're right. <laughs> Now, what? Just just to reiterate, um, and, and sorry, to, I just want to expand on it so we don't have to talk about it later. Um, it's like seeing an ad on the back of the bus. It's usually for a yeah. company that people already know about. All they're doing is they're just refreshing and reinforcing the brand. The brand's already yes. built. Well, that's that's all it is. So, brand recognition is this idea that you see something seven times and then you remember it. Um, so that's great, but people aren't. Hiring you based on your um, based on your logo. So the other thing is, are you going to spend hundreds of dollars putting ads in magazines? Probably not. Um, I have done that in the past, and it, none of them made me any no. money. The return on investment <laughs> Such is a very waste low. Of money. It's terrible. Sponsorships and getting your logo put in a program <laughs> for sporting events or whatever. That does not make you money. You know, I find the only reason we do it is because um, the person selling that is a really good salesperson. 
Yes, At the end of the day, you, really you just kind of cave and, and they convince you that, you know, but it might work. It's, <sighs> yes, it doesn't. So, <laughs> okay, so there's that. Um, so the next step, once you remember that you're going to be pointing people to your website, pointing people to contact you, and that it's not about just getting your brand out there, but about building relationships, you need to know who you're talking to. You need to talk directly to those people in all of your marketing material in a way that will engage them. <clears throat> so you need to know what your elevator pitch is. So what you provide, who you provide it to, and how you provide it. But you want to be choosing words that the people you are marketing to will understand and enjoy mm -hmm. and want to respond to. So we're talking about your target market here. And I'm going to bet that at some point, all of you have sat down and thought about what your target market is because you've gone to school and some business teacher has told you, you mm -hmm. need to figure out your target market. Um, or you've read it online or something. Your target market. Oh, I hate it when I have this conversation with people. It just drives me absolutely bananas. Your target market is not Men and women aged 18 to 65. <laughs> that is not your target so you market. Everybody who has uh, a way to uh, make income is not the people I'm selling to? <laughs> okay. Exactly. Well, that's a new concept. <laughs> um, you cannot consistently, you are one human being, you are a small business owner, you cannot market to every single one of those people effectively. If you are writing messages to all of those people at once, then you are not effectively marketing to any of them. So you need to get more specific. You need to create avatars for an avatar is like a description of your ideal client. You can have multiple avatars for ideal clients, but you need to get as specific as possible and then you need to talk to those people where they're at. So <clears throat> I'm building uh, my Picture Perfect Guide upgrades right now and where in the past I was marketing to brides and to moms and to dads. I have dropped the men completely. I am mm -hmm. only targeting women and I have split that into two. So I am targeting brides and I am targeting moms. Now the moms, I'm not targeting the young moms who don't have a substantial income because they're not going to be able to pay for my services. So that narrows down the age range and the income level mm -hmm. of the moms that I'm targeting as well. And then the brides at the same time are brides who are, for the most part, paying for their own wedding and also have an established income, an established home, and they are investing in photography. So they, again, probably have a pretty good income. And I'm just ditching the guys part. And in the past, so I was targeting brides and bridesmaids. I've also dropped really? the bridesmaids part. Okay. So, yeah, so... And then within that marketing, I create opportunities for those people to share these things with their husband, with their groom, with their bridesmaids, with the groomsmen. <clears throat> but all of the marketing is focused on the bride of this age and income level, the mom of this age and income level, um, rather than targeting absolutely everyone. <laughs> well, the keyword you used was effectively, and, and I completely agree with that. I mean, you can target yeah. to whoever you want. You can target to people who have passed away. It, it's not going to work, right? So, I yes. mean. Um, yeah. And when I was working at the insurance company as well, um, they're like, well, our target market is like men and women who need insurance. Well, that's great. How do you create an ad for men and women who need insurance? That's like the most generic insurance ad ever. It doesn't have any impact. And then at that point, all you're doing is you're throwing your that's logo it. in their face and hoping that yeah. they build enough familiarity with your business that they want to call you. But like I said, social media has made it so that it is so easy to build relationships with people that you cannot just throw your logo in people's faces and expect mm -hmm. them to contact you. You need to build a relationship with them. So you need to have really good targeted 
um, marketing, which makes people connect and engage with you rather than just see you and then be like, oh, I'm going to hire them as my photographer. <sighs> okay. Do you want to say anything on that? No, I'm good. <laughs> just had a window pop up that the list of audio okay. things has changed. So great. <laughs> as we're recording, um, my audio, audio device says have changed. So if my voice changes, uh, as we record this from now on, then um, <laughs> I, I hope it's not too bad. Um, I like uh, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. And I like the fact that you said uh, the word effectively, the keyword effectively. And at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's all about the return on investment. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you shouldn't market, you shouldn't waste your resources. So you shouldn't market to people that aren't going to spend the money or even if they do. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you spend five hours marketing to one uh, type of per person and another five hours marketing to another type of person. And the first type of person spends $10,000 per month. And then the second type of person spends $1,000 per month. Um, you know, look at the return on investment. You're, you're making 10 times more per hour on this other group. So what I would do is I would yep. just drop the other, drop your efforts on the other and spend 10 hours marketing to the other people. Because even if you just yep. increase, you know, maybe the first five hours spent marketing, you get 10. And then the next five hours spent marketing, you only get half of that. Well, you're already a lot better than marketing to another group. And you might carve a little niche out for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because from there it will spill out into other demographics other psychographics you know all of that you will become sort of known for what you do and at the same time you will be able to focus more on how you do it so uh, i find that you have to be a lot more versatile in terms of a ph photography to be able to please everybody, you know, the 18 to 65, because different market groups respond differently to the, to, to the product that you're selling. <clears throat> in this case, you could actually be running a more efficient business and maybe you won't even need to spend that mm -hmm. next five hours of marketing, right? And I'm using kind of like arbitrary numbers just to make a point. Um, so mm -hmm. hopefully that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I can't yeah. really add more because you, you really did drive it <laughs> home. Like that's, that's, ex that, uh, that's absolutely the secret to successful, effective marketing. Yeah. Well, and I've said it so many times before mm -hmm. on this show, I spend so much less time working with the clients who spend me more money or spend me more <laughs> money, who pay me more money oh. than I do with the clients who don't want to spend money. And I find this is the case whenever yes. <laughs> you still laughing at me. <laughs> English is hard, oh, yeah. okay? Tell me about it. <laughs> so um, I have had this conversation so many times with other photographers, and they they're complaining or something about a client who like is wavering on the price or um, is back and forth on packages and stuff like that. And they're investing so much time trying to get this person to book. And this person is only going to spend $200. Hmm. Whereas like, I just had a portrait client spend $4,000. And I have spent less time dealing with them, emailing back and forth, meeting with them in person, doing their shoot, doing their proofing session, ordering their yep. prints than I have with the client yep. who spends $200. And then inevitably after that client spends $200, they come back to you over and over and over again. They want more and more and more. They soak up more of your time. Um, and they and don't that's, that's where I'm for it. going with their whole return on investment. <clears throat> like you, you have to break things yeah. down and, and figure out how much am I working for what I'm getting? Um, and, and that's, it's so funny yeah. because you, I was saying earlier that I won't take a drive 20 minutes down the road. I will just ship things. And, you know, you, you'll, you'll eventually <clears throat> yeah. probably stop taking things with you. Like I'm, I'm literally driven by houses of people <laughs> where I needed to drop something off. And for the simple <laughs> fact that 
I may not be, I might, I, I might tell them, you know what, I'll be passing by between three and four at some point. Maybe I can pop in to drop something off. And then when I do, I might get delayed by 10, 15 minutes talking to them or something. Yeah. I'm just going to put it in the box and ship it. And here's why. I love getting mail. I don't know about you, but I love going to the post office, opening my mailbox. And it's like a little surprise every single day. <laughs> when packages arrive at my house, I absolutely love it. Like the novelty has not worn off. I need to, I need to purchase yeah. some deodorant and I'm not going to go to the pharmacy or Walmart. I'm going to order it from Amazon because I love getting mail. <laughs> not to mention that it's actually cheaper too. But I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to waste my time. Um, and that that's that's exactly it, right? So at some point you realize that your time is actually very valuable. And I've turned down photo shoots uh, from people that, you know, you kind of you kind of learn to read the emails when somebody emails you and they're like, yes. blah, 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 whatever, whatever. This is what we're looking for. Get a price list sometimes I kind of just say like, I don't think we're the right people for each other. <laughs> like we're not the right fit. However, yeah. here, these, these people could help you out and I recommend somebody at least, but yeah, you, you, you really do kind of have to find a niche and be successful at it. Be really good at it. Um, yeah. And it is okay to not have all of this figured out like right now. Yes, you should sit down and you should be working on your ideal client avatars. However, they're not going to be perfect the first time you do them, especially if you haven't worked with that ideal client yet because you don't necessarily know them. So you have nowhere to like pull this information out of, right? But you do need to learn as you're dealing with these people who are wasting your time and you're feeling frustrated and you're not making any money, you need to start like writing down the qualities that you are not liking and using those to build your ideal client avatars. Um, yeah, that's <sighs> that point. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually sit down and have an end game too. Like how many of these young photographers start up or middle-aged photography startups, how many of them sit down and say, I would like to retire at this age and not work anymore? Have you done that? I think absolute. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> to a certain extent. No, I've more sat down and been like, I don't want to work after this time. I Because for me, I'm not the person who wants to retire and then go travel. Or retire sure. and then hang out at the cottage or retire and go to um, Florida all the time. I actually enjoy what I'm doing. So at this point, I'm like, I can totally picture myself continuing to do this until I am physically unable to I do it. I am not. No, I'm can just you check, me? What are you doing? checking a message. <laughs> I, I go on Do Not Disturb. So when a message comes through, it's like people have either called me three times in a row or they're like on my favorite list. Oh, geez. <laughs> so. Yeah. So... But I don't think most people sit down and deal with these things. So like what your financial plan is, um, what your ideal avatars are, when you'll retire, all that fun stuff. I don't think photographers do that unless they have a background in business. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people in mm -hmm. business do that, especially in small business. No, they don't. And, and in, this, in this industry specifically, yeah. uh, what happens is people do not have an end game or an, uh, an end game plan or, you know, I personally don't want to be photographing weddings after I'm 40 years old. So, um, yep. I, <laughs> Why? for two reasons. Um, first of all, I don't think that a young bride wants a 40 year old dude at her wedding to sh photographing her. Um, I don't care what you say. I'm convinced that that's the case, that I think that she she would rather have somebody more of a peer, um, you know, plus minus five years or so photographing her, that they that you can really get true emotions out of them. And that's just my thought. Um, so mm -hmm. that's the beauty part of building a team, building a business, building a brand, is that people will continue hiring our company and we'll just have really good employees doing it. So I personally don't want to do it, but that, that's been my business plan from the beginning. Um, I don't want to be photographing at all as a business, like go to work 
after I'm 50. So my, my retirement from photography as a career um, is going to be when I'm 50 years old because I just don't want to do it. I would rather be uh, managing a successful studio and having people working for me. And I don't know if I've shared this with too many people. And I don't know if people listening right now are going to be like, what? (laughs) You know, um, that's Mm -hmm. just my my goal, my plan. Um, When I'm 50, I want to be focusing more on building guitars. And that's just (laughs) how I see my, I'll be slowing down a little bit. I mean, I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be in a great, you know, physical shape and be able to do an eight hour wedding, 10 hour wedding, 12 hour wedding. I just, I just won't want to at that point. I, I know that I'll probably want to do something else. And I mean, I may want to be doing something else by then anyways, maybe I'll want to travel on my motorcycle. I, I have no clue at this point. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the vision that I have. And if I change my mind, that's fine. Okay. I, well, I, so, yeah, I guess the direction that I'm moving in then, for example, for weddings is like reducing the num the number of hours I do for each wedding. So focusing more on the like, quote unquote, small Mm -hmm. ceremonies and do like more four hours. Funny you say that. Where you do like awesome creatives and fewer speeches because it is a waste of everyone's everyone's time. time. Like (laughs) at what point did the photographer decide to cover everything? Like I have yet to have a person order a photograph of their aunt giving a speech. Right. So. Like, I really right. just want to be, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm kind of getting upset. I want to be rude right now and just be like, get fucked, you know, <laughs> but yep. holding back a little bit. I know we're an R rated show, but still I'm going to hold back. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I don't even want to go to your I, reception. No, neither do I. And don't pay, <laughs> don't pay for a meal for me. Don't pay me to sit there and eat while I am mostly eating and not taking photos because, frankly, all I need is one photo of the person giving the speech and one photo of you laughing at whatever joke it is. Um, But it's funny that we're discussing this now because we'll get back on topic in just a second. But um, you had said in an earlier episode that, like, you're just totally getting away from family photos and you don't do a family photo list at a wedding. And I was like, yeah, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And I have had, yeah. I, I send out a questionnaire to my couples, like, the month before the wedding, asking them to fill out which family photos they want. And then there's a box at the bottom that says, do you have any other requests? And I have had ridiculously long lists of photo requests. So... multiple photos for the bridal party and like 70 billion different arrangements for family photos and then a whole bunch of extra requests that they've added so I, I went back and modified that questionnaire and the options are now with the parents with the siblings with the parents and the siblings with the parents the siblings and the grandparents that's mm-hmm. it and I took out mm-hmm. the box for extra requests. And then on the worksheet, I also put in to maximize your time, only pick the photos that you absolutely want. So personally, I'm going to recommend that you either pick with the parents and with the siblings, or you pick with the parents and the siblings, or you pick with the parents and the siblings and the grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, so you get one photo on each side of the family, period. <clears throat> we, and I, I always, I still question to this day, why does mom and dad want a picture of just their son or daughter with and them? It's, like this is I their know. wedding it's day. It's funny and it's because they want a photo. I am sure of it. It's because they want a photo in case they break up at some point. And they still want that photo. But then I'm like, but your daughter's in a wedding dress. So even if she breaks up with her husband or her wife and you keep Mm. that photo out on your coffee table, like your daughter's going to be like, you know, mom and dad, maybe take down the memory of my failed marriage. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's time to move on. (laughs) I did. Um, Oh, man. And I'm, I'm the same way. So I tell people all the time, like, when, when I meet with couples, I say, you know what, like just, just for the sake of your mm-hmm. partner, maybe tell your parents that we're, you're not going to do, um, uh, 
the the individual photos. Oh no, that's because it is your wedding day. I I have both of the people in the photo. They stand in one spot. I move people in and out of the photo, and that's how it works. And it only takes me about half an hour to get the ridiculously long list of photos. This is going to go down to like 10 minutes at the most. Pretty sure that family is going to be awful happy with it because they're not going to have to stand around for 20 minutes. They're not going to have to go search for family members. It's just going to be quick and done, and that's it. So we're proposing a new package uh, starting next year, and I'm really hoping that this takes off for us. And I, if I can, I'll, I'll literally just focus on this. So you get ready, you go to the ceremony, um, you get married, you do your receiving line, and then you drive to a location, limo drops you off, and we're waiting yeah. for you there. We do a two-hour creative yeah. shoot or less, and then... We go yeah. home. And the funny thing is, <laughs> it, it makes it. a lot of sense for sure. The funny thing is, um, <laughs> I like how we're so off topic now. I put all <laughs> of the options for the bridal party in the list as well. And I completely took that out because I still take the exact same formations of the bridal party every <clears throat> single time. It doesn't matter if you ask mm-hmm. for it or you don't ask for it. I do it. To cover my ass, frankly. So I have a photo of everyone at the wedding party, period. And then, like, if, I don't know, something goes wrong on one camera or one memory card, there's options on another. Basically, I make sure that I get a photo of everyone. That's it. Um, And I'm not doing a photo of all the guests anymore. It's always a horrible photo. We we don't we don't take weddings where they ask us to go to, to them getting ready. Um, I do fully understand that part. I am going to put more of a push on like you don't need two hours of preparation photos. Believe me, you need an you need an hour. Or we you need tell an hour them, before the ceremony. Um, period, and that's half an hour of you getting your dress yeah. on, and then you have half an hour of you relaxing. I always give the bride half an hour to relax before the ceremony. Same here. So, Same here. If we have two hours to do photos, we're done an hour yeah. and a half in. Like I, I'm not gonna work yeah, you to the sure. end. And so the the last weekend, the bride and groom asked us to show up at eight a.m. and start uh, the day at eight a.m. with them. The wedding was at uh, one. So we we said no. <laughs> we said unless you're willing to pay. Well, you got to pay a lot because unless you're willing to pay for twelve hours. I feel bad about it too because we stand around not doing anything a lot of that time. I don't feel bad at all because if you're a paramedic or a firefighter True. or a police officer, <laughs> there's a really good chance that you're getting paid to sit and do nothing, but you're on the ready to to do your job when it needs yeah. to be done. And just because they divide it per hour and not per call doesn't mean that you're sitting around oh, and yeah. wasting time. I, like, I, I really... Uh, firefighters get a lot of slack oh. and sorry to cut you off for, for like sitting around hey, doing but, nothing, right? Like they're... Uh, they're called hose I fully and... appreciate anyone who does that job, not because they put themselves in danger. They want to put themselves in danger. That's what they like about their job. Do you know what they don't like exactly. about their job? They do not like sitting around and doing nothing. Right. But I, I think it changes when these firefighters are pulling your um, beat up, bruised body out of a car wreck. And getting, making sure that you're safe and getting you to the hospital. Because you, you suddenly become super thankful that they were ready and sitting for you. But regardless, that, I, I, that, that's what, that was the point I had to make. The, the bride and groom were like, well, we only want you to photograph from 8 to 10 and then from no. 1 on. So, like, why would you want us I to pay that. for those three, three hours? Well, I had to explain to them. I'm like, you're first of all. You're taking my whole day. Like, yeah, you're an hour away from where we live. Yeah. So. Uh, would you want me to just hang out? I'm like, no. I said, what do you do? And I'm I'm a medic. I'm like, are you kidding me? So do you not get paid for sitting around waiting for a call? Okay, I guess yeah. I do. Good point. Then thank you. I'm not doing this. So we were able to negotiate and and literally show up for the for the for the ceremony. We started our day yeah. from one a.m. or sorry, 1, 1 p.m. till nine anyway, p.m. Anyway, so. 1 a.m. We want you there at 8. We show I'm going to try to bring this back to the topic because we got like, we got and way off there. But I, I, fully, I know, passionate. I, yes. Um, but everyone who listens to our show likes our rants. 
I fully understand doing the preparation, doing some of the dancing and stuff, like doing the whole day. It's a long day for me and I don't enjoy all of those parts of the day necessarily equally. So I'll try to like condense um, the photos that I'm taking as the years progress. However, I get it for the storytelling aspect. So I'm selling an album to my clients. I totally get that in your album you want like, oh, this was the morning, this was the ceremony, here's the family photos, and then we did our creatives, and then we danced. I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but the, but we only do that because other people have done that. Like, if I was to okay, put together an, to get to a wedding album... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the point is storytelling is really effective. And you mentioned this before you right. mentioned, you know, saying it was raining and rather than going inside, we stayed outside and we got photos in the rain. Mm -hmm. um, you are not marketing to people and saying, look at how good of a photographer I am. Period. Mm. That does not work. You That's want right. to, what you want to be doing is you want to, be making it so that the people looking at your photos can picture themselves in them and they want to be those people. And the way that you do that is some badass storytelling. I like how you said that. Yeah. You like, you can't, you can't, I be, thank post, you you can't for... be posting a photo on Instagram all the time being like, look at how pretty this is. And I full on do that. Like captions are hard and I'm going to give you a little tip for captions right now. I have automated a process to send a questionnaire to my clients, wedding clients, for example. How did you meet? How long have you known each other? Um, what are your favorite parts about, favorite qualities about the other person? What are the three things that you like to do together? Um, what's your first memory with each other? How did you first know you were in love? Mm -hmm. They type all of that stuff up and it's usually romantic and super cute. And I honestly just copy and paste it now. <laughs> I love it. And I also want to thank you for our new um, tagline for Lux Photography Company. Uh -oh. Lux Photography Company, badass storytellers. <laughs> I it. don't know if those two branding items go together. But <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to try it. I want to see because I'm all about also trying to innovate and test the waters with yeah. marketing campaigns and whatnot. But um, believe it or not, this... The, re the reason we went off topic is because I tried to make okay. a point to stay <laughs> okay. on topic. And when I asked about the end plan, the end game, it, the reason I asked about that is because that has a lot to do with how you market and how, and what, what kind of people you go after, et cetera. You might not think it does, but it does. And the, and the reason I'm asking this is because I think, I feel, and I see a lot of young people starting out, um, they don't have a timeline. They think that they have to be at the top of their game within like the first six months. And when they don't get there, they get discouraged. They, they feel bad that they don't succeed. And then they really kind of, they don't get anywhere. Yeah. And a lot of them just fold, fold it and go get other jobs yeah. and forget about photography altogether. So um, if you set the goals and micro goals to, for example... I want to shoot 25 weddings next mm -hmm. year. That will help you identify the weak spots in your marketing plan and focus on the strong points and try to increase that number. You know, maybe <clears throat> maybe the next year you'll only get to 18 out of the 25. Well, then you'll have something to analyze and say, this is what worked for me. Yeah. I'm going to focus more on this. Now, maybe the year after, I'm actually going to set my goal at 30 because I think I can handle 30. And then you might get to 30 or you might get to 25, but at least you'll be able to recognize things and get rid of your weakest links, so to speak, right? And that's, I call that maintenance. I call that marketing maintenance. You have to, you know, maintenance in, in general, you think about driving a car, you take it in for an oil change every three months or so. Well, when, how often do you take your business and marketing plan <clears throat> for an oil change? It's not should, yeah. just going to run itself. You should look at it right? at least every so, year for sure. At least every <coughs> year. At the end of the fiscal year, before you do your taxes. And I recommend keeping a journal mm -hmm. of your uh, marketing plans. So 
make a plan, execute it, and then evaluate it. Des- design um, a system where you can measure your success so that you can actually pull the ROI, ROI being return on investment, where you can pull that data somehow and see, yes, this worked, no, this hasn't. We had amazing success with Facebook. We used to spend $40 US per month maximum, and we got so many clients, it was stupid. We would spend, I don't know, one to $2,000 on a bridal show, and we would get three clients on average. Yep. So $40 would get us five to six clients, 2000 would get us yep. three. Now, we still did a bunch of bridal shows because we wanted to uh, reinforce the brand. We wanted to have some material, meet some people. And it was great because a lot of people would actually, a lot of people that we'd see at other weddings, that like bridesmaids would be like, oh, I saw you at the bridal show when we were getting mm-hmm. married, you know? Well, and, and yeah, bridal shows can be effective, but in the long run, the return on investment is probably not as high as, you know, doing really good marketing on social media for free. Uh Um, Uh So, yeah. Yeah, and I, and and that's the the beauty part is it's really easy to reach to reach out um, to people now. So, funny thing is because it's free, a lot of people don't do it. Like, it's it's really weird. It's so easy to do, but a lot of people just don't do it, and they know about it, and they and they don't. I I can't I can't figure that yeah. out. But we'll leave it at that. Yeah, this was a fun discussion. <laughs> I I have literally <laughs> made like five new like future episode topics like as we have been talking and i think one of the big ones at the end of this episode is um like doing analytics and tracking so i think we're gonna Mm -hmm. have to do an episode on helping people track like where their leads are coming from um finding out like like the cost per acquisition so how much it costs them to bring mm-hmm. in each of their clients yeah and even figure out um the oh my goodness what's the word now um where you like how many people are, are responding to this yeah uh, well and that's I, gonna help i want to call it a turnover but it's not turnover yeah, so you're, and when we go over analytics and stuff, we're, we're going to find out, like, you should be tracking where pe- where every lead is coming from um, and every booked job is coming from. So if you are spending money on a certain wedding website, <laughs> if you're spending, like, $1,000 on advertising on websites and none of your booked jobs are coming from those websites... That is a thousand dollars that you could be saving. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that's going to be a good future episode for sure. I agree. That's all I got. Although so. I did mention my picture perfect guide earlier, and like I almost have them done. The new ones are almost done. Like I have everything automated <laughs> and ready to go. And then I went and tested them. Always test your marketing before you put it out. Um, I went and tested them and they're broken. So people can't sign up for both (laughs) or they get an error back. So I have to, and like they, they sign up on one and then they get the emails for, for the wrong guide. So they sign up for the family guide. They get the emails for the bride guide. I'm like, that's not effective. So yeah, I have to fix that. (laughs) But, um, so those updates are going to come out soon and they're going to be super awesome. So if you want to, um, be notified when I send those out. You can go to the go to Picture Perfect Dog Guide right now, and you can sign up. You'll be on my list. Um, I, I will be sending out an email to everyone when the new guides are ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. On a serious note, uh, part of the discussion today I had with um, with a colleague was about um, the state of mental health in photography and creative professionals and. There's an upcoming episode about this where uh, we're going to have uh, at least one, maybe two to three guests. And depending, we'll either make this one episode or or 
two to three different episodes, um, where we're going to focus a lot on uh, the struggles uh, of being a creative and uh, working for yourself. Uh, things including depression, anxiety, and how people have dealt with it. Um, it's it's really meant to identify with people who are in the same boat, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> uh, who is calling you? Oh, Hannah's calling. Hi, Hannah. So uh, <laughs> we're we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up, love. So we're gonna I'm gonna call you in a minute. <laughs> um. So basically, yeah, it's, it's not, it's designed to identify the fact that there's a lot, there's a a large group that struggle with these issues that struggle with, uh, anxiety, uh, panic, um, depression. And, um, you know, we'll talk about how people deal with it and we'll talk about, uh, how people identify it and, uh, maybe, you know. I feel that if we tell some of the stories, it will help people to perhaps uh, uh, reach out for help um, because this is a very large group of creative individuals, especially in the photography industry, that are plagued with uh, these uh, mental health demons, if you will. Okay, I, so, I, I want uh, that's something to look okay. forward to. That is for sure. Going and I to just be wanted to say, topic. if if you if you are willing to share. Yes. Um, please do come to double exposure show group on face on our face group <laughs> on our Facebook group and uh, either share a story or just, just tell us perhaps some of the things you'd want to be covered in that uh, episode. When we're talking about that topic, yep. what's the exciting news? Well, it's not really exciting. Um, we talked about a little bit of branding. Um, do not get your logo from a like drag and drop logo service. <laughs> I am looking at Instagram right now and I saw a logo I thought I recognized for a photographer in London. Okay. It is a different photographer in London, but they have the same logo. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, um, if you see an ad on Facebook saying, design your logo here, no. Do it right. Yeah. yeah. Pay somebody. I mean, even if you, even if you go to like, uh, a cheap website like Fiverr. Yeah. You know. But make sure just, that they're just, actually designing it rather than going to one of these yeah, services. And <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And sure. you know, you're gonna have to start paying a lot for this podcast soon because you're getting a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. By the way, I would like to. Well, I would should. like to uh, recommend Benjamin Edward for logos because he's done some kick-ass stuff for us. <laughs> Benjamin Edward did amazing stuff, so thank you, Benjamin Edward. Uh, ben Sound uh, covered all our music needs, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to be in the reading mood and you want to check out the show notes, double exposure does show slash episode slash 56. And again, come and join us on Face Group in the Double Exposure Show Group. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everyone. <laughs>